0: Welcome to the Tufts Career Center's podcast from here to there, where we will be talking with Tufts alumni about their career journeys, starting from their time as an undergraduate at Tufts, all the way to their current positions.
1: I'm Perry. I'm Gia. And I'm Aline. And we're career fellows at the Tufts Career Center. Joining us today for a special panel episode focusing on recruiting and internships are Alex Klein, Elizabeth Barton, and Kelsey Hirsch. Our first panelist is Alex Klein from Tufts Class of 2019, who earned his Bachelor's of Science in Mechanical Engineering. He is currently a mechanical engineer at iRobot with experience working with interns through iRobot's mechanical engineering intern program that we are excited to hear more about. Our second panelist
2: is Liz Barton, who graduated in 2021 in Biomedical Engineering with a minor in Engineering Management. Currently, she's a consultant at Trinity Life Sciences and is excited to speak on her perspectives as a recent hire and also navigating the recruiting process as an undergraduate. Our third panelist is Kelsey Hirsch from the class of 2011, who graduated with a BA in Political Science. Kelsey worked in several roles before entering her current role as the Director of Recruiting at HomeTap, and we look forward to learning more about her current role as a recruiter. Thank you all so much for being here with us.
0: Yes, thanks for being here. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do in your current role?
3: Sure. I'd be happy to go. I'm Kelsey and I am director of recruiting at HomeTap. So what I do is I have a team of two recruiters. The three of us are focused on hiring talent across the organization. Our company is a FinTech startup. So lots of growth and lots of different roles from marketing to sales to engineering. So we're really out there just trying to find great folks who want to join the team.
4: I'm Alex, graduating graduated in 2019. Like you guys said, right now, I'm a mechanical engineer at iRobot, uh, working in their front end innovation or advanced development group. So we're pursuing a lot of different possible robotic applications and platforms for the consumer robotics space. It's really awesome, cool work. And on top of that, I help manage the mechanical engineering intern program at iRobot, which is my favorite part of my job. I love working with the interns. And I'm also one of the co-leads for our emerging career employee resource group, which is similar to a young professionals group that many other companies around here have. I'll
5: wrap us up. My name is Liz and I'm currently working at Trinity Life Sciences as a consultant. I've been there for two and a half years and really do a myriad of projects related to biotech and pharmaceutical business strategy. I'm working anywhere from market landscape research with doctors and patients and payers to understanding kind of, you know, what's the best cancer disease to go into with this drug that a company has in their pipeline. I'm also involved in the recruitment processes, um, not in our HR sector, but help with career affairs and interview processes for both interns and full-time hires.
2: Perfect. That's awesome. So each of you mentioned that you have had some experience working with students, whether that's overseeing recruiting or working with interns. Could you, each of you, expand a bit more on that process and maybe your favorite part about it? Yeah, absolutely.
3: So before I took this role in recruiting, I actually worked at Northeastern University in their co op program and did a lot of career coaching and taught a class on job preparedness and interview skills and all sorts of stuff. So um, I spent six years working really closely with students and helping them, you know, find internships and really figure out what their career was going to look like. And ultimately I decided I wanted to kind of move to the other side of it where we, you know, hire interns and we hire co-ops and we hire students from all over the place. But it's, I, I love working with college students and I love finding ways to hire college students because I think there's so much potential. It's really fun for me personally to just have conversations with folks who are trying to figure things out at any stage of their career, but that obviously happens more um, when, when we're earlier career and really just help people figure out what's the right fit. And to me, recruiting is all about finding the right fit. It's about making a match. It's not just, are you qualified for the job, but is this going to be a really, really good fit for you? And are you going to be happy here? and be able to grow here. So that is super exciting to me and, and really drives a lot of
2: what I do. Awesome. Anything from Alex or Liz? Yeah,
5: I do also, I think, feel a lot of the same sentiments as Kelsey. I really love working with interns and new hires alike who are coming right out of college because I think it breathes a new life into organizations. I think there's a lot of energy that comes with starting a new job right out of college and that spirit is really valued, especially at my company and I'm sure many other companies. Um, And then also I really had great mentors coming up through college that helped me kind of do that career path navigation and find something that was a good fit for me. And I really believe if you love your job, you won't really work a day in your life, or at least that's what my dad always says. And I've taken it to heart and I've just been very lucky to land at a job that I love. So anything I can do to help other people
4: find that path. I love teaching and acting as a mentor. I did a lot of engineering education work when I was at Tufts. I was an intern at iRobot myself way back when, and I know that it's a great place to learn and grow and like Liz said I got a lot of great mentors from my time there and being able to help manage the program is a great chance to sort of scratch that education itch that I have to work with these really curious awesome students who want to learn a bunch about the robotics space and it's a great way to kind of like give back I guess would be the great would be the right word for it just because I got so much out of my internship it's a great way to sort of pay that forward
1: yeah. And jumping off of that, what are the most valuable skills that interns can come in with in your respective industries? I think
3: curiosity is is huge, right? I think coming into an opportunity knowing that you have a lot to learn and really being excited to learn all of those things is, I think, probably the key skill. Obviously, you know, having some aptitude for the role that you're coming into, and also just someone who is able to communicate really well with all different types of personalities. And I think that's something that you learn while you're working, the more that you can be kind of adaptable and really kind of take cues from the folks around you and in your environment, I think that can lead folks to be extremely successful. You know, I think there's there's so much opportunity as an intern to grow and learn. And there's so many people around you that want to help you, but you have to be willing to ask questions and take initiative, right? If you walk into an internship and just expect people to tell you what to do every second of the day, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities, right? So when you're in meetings and you hear folks say oh this is something that you know we're going to work on does does anyone want to volunteer to work on it like be the person to raise your hand and jump in or ask people about what they're doing and, and see if there's ways that you can assist them if it's something that you're interested in I think taking that initiative but also knowing how far to go and how how much to you know stay you know I don't want to say in your lane, but stay kind of along the sign track. I think somewhere, somewhere in there, you can be extremely successful and learn so much.
4: Yeah, I think a lot of this is going to overlap with what Kelsey just said. But when we're interviewing prospective interns, we sort of refer to like three legs on the proverbial stool of what makes a perfect intern. One is, do they have like foundational background knowledge? You know, we're not sending out interns with the request for five years of prior experience before this. We know people are coming in out of school they're not this might be their first internship but like for mechanical engineering for example there's a pretty common software called like CAD or computer-aided design 3d modeling that a lot of mechanical engineers use and walking in with just foundational baseline level of that you know on top of some other things but you really don't need to know much to walk into the internship and contribute at least partially on day one and the rest you can learn on the job one of the others is do you have like a growth mindset again at least for me, a lot of the stuff that I do day to day now is not stuff I covered at all in school. So do you have a mindset to like go after tasks that you don't have any prior experience with for the chance to learn? If someone gives you feedback, will you really take it to heart or will you sort of like put it off to the side and just focus on your own task and not try to like develop your skills or take the feedback to heart? And the third is what kind of attitude do you have? Are you someone who's going to be diligent and responsible, who we can sort of trust you to own a task and take it to completion? Are you going to be a team player? Are you someone that's just going to be fun to have around in the office? And all of those three things we weigh pretty equally. So it's really how like, technically savvy you are or your prior experience, your know-how is really only one third of the puzzle piece. It's really way more about how you will tackle the challenges that you face during your internship and the kind of attitude you have when you do it.
5: Yeah, I think all of those hold true for consulting. I obviously came into life science consulting with a little bit more of a technical background, but that is not something that's necessarily mirrored by all my colleagues. You have people from business and communications and really any sort of background who made their way into consulting. I do think that once you do make it like through that door. And also in the interview process, there's always three things that I really recommend for any intern or new hire, and they are kind of those foundational features. The first is just having a can-do attitude, kind of to Alex's point. It's really important that whenever you're coming into a new team, you make a good first impression. I really believe in first impressions and think the most important time on any project, work or otherwise, is those first two weeks because that's when really you can show your stuff and say, hey, look, like I'm very passionate about this. I'm really excited to be here. I'm willing to do the work, put in the time. I think that's super important. The second thing I always tell my mentees is really seek feedback. I think especially, especially for interns, it's super important if you take initiative and set up feedback sessions with the people you're working directly with. So it doesn't get to the end of that internship and you say, oh, you know, how'd I do? And they're like, well, you get the offer or you don't. It's kind of more process and you understand what you're doing well and areas you can improve upon so they can really see and track that growth. And then the last thing is really asking thoughtful questions. I think it goes pretty far in any industry, but really showing that you've thought through things and don't just say, oh, like I need help with this. You're not expected to know everything going into any internship. Like the expectation is that you don't and that's okay. But I think always showing that you've taken 20 minutes and thought through a problem and tried to come up with a solution independently goes a really long way. And saying something like, oh, like I've done, I've taken this approach, but I'm not sure if it's right, or I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts on that? Really is a great impression to make on the people that you're working with.
0: Thank you so much for that, Liz. You really gave me the perfect lead-in about first impressions. We talk about those all the time in the Career Center. We do a lot of preparation for career fairs and interviews. And something we talk about all the time is you want to stand out for the right reasons. And so I'm kind of curious to all of you, how important to you is the first impression and what can make a student stand out for the right reason?
5: Yeah, I can kick us off here. I think just like you said, the first impression is so important. And that's a great point that when you are in the interview process, you're being completely judged on your first impression, you know, an interview or a career fair when you go and approach someone, that really is what's kind of your merits or it's it's your time to shine. So I think things that are really important is I know it can be very anxiety inducing to have to go and, you know, introduce yourself and have an elevator pitch for why you're interested in the job and why you're the best candidate. But I think just showing that you've done a little bit of your research and you know the background of whatever that may be, if it's a job, if it's a project, but, you know, having a little bit of awareness of what you're going into to speak to and asking those thoughtful questions, as well as really just letting your passion show. I think sometimes people, you know, get nervous and as a consequence, get a little uptight and a little buttoned up, but really just try to as much as you can break out and show your enthusiasm for something and smile (laughs) and I think you know be friendly and approachable and create hopefully your interviewer is also creating that environment but I think I mean Alex said before it's going to be someone you want to work with like someone you're friendly and I think that's something that should not be forgotten when you're in the interview process
4: yeah I think for me you know I really see the internship as a chance for very accelerated growth like you're being dropped into a working company and you're being given. least in my job like we're giving the interns high fidelity tasks like we're making asks of them that we'd ask any associate or staff level mechanical engineer um so for the first two weeks it's really about how deep they wade into the deep end of the pool are they you know obviously there's going to be a million things that we ask them to do that they might not have touched on in school are they going to sort of uh, Tread water, not really do their best to figure out what they don't know, sort of submit something to their team manager that isn't exactly what they asked, because they didn't ask for help, they didn't know the right questions to ask, or are they going to make the time for themselves to talk to more senior engineers, or are they going to reach out to me and the other intern managers? help and guidance? Are they going to dive into the internet and do their own research? When they reach a dead end, are they going to be really upfront about where they're stuck and what ideas they have? Um, So I think just the ability to not be overwhelmed in those first two weeks and really do your best to not drown in the pool and also do your best to communicate with all of the people you've just met where maybe misunderstandings are or maybe you're getting stuck because everybody at iRobot is really understanding when it comes to Especially when an intern first starts, like they're here to learn and we're here to answer any questions that they have. So really how much they take advantage of that, I think makes a really good first impression.
3: Yeah, I think those are both great answers. I definitely agree with, you know, taking initiative, asking good questions, I think to some of it's just back to basics, right? Communicating really well verbally and in written form, right? A lot of our companies are on Slack, which feels really informal and it can be, but making sure that you're using, you know, correct grammar and writing full sentences, you know, just like, I think, especially in those first few weeks, like come in and you want to be almost a step above where you think you want to be, right? You just want to make sure that, you know, that sort of communication is really strong, you know, attending meetings and being on time or being just a little bit early. Like some of those little things really go a long way. And especially with an intern, if they come in and in the first week, those things aren't hitting, it's hard for the team to build trust, right? And trust is what allows us to give you really interesting projects and, you know, take some of that work that would go to to an associate or an entry level person so i think all of that's really important and then the last piece of advice i'll give is really to listen right we want you to be yourself and we want you to you know just as alex was saying like really be a part of the team and you know be fun to be around but at the same time your first couple of weeks are are really crucial to take in information about how the company works and how you can be successful and what's important to people, and who they are, so that you can build those relationships and so that you can, you know, contribute more. So I would say, obviously, you know, it, engage in conversations, ask questions, do all those things. But remember to also sit back and listen and take it in so that you, you can become even more engaged as the internship moves forward.
2: And kind of moving on from that, also focusing on the recruiting process itself and your guys' experience with it. If you were to go back to your time as a Tufts undergraduate, what is one thing you wish you knew about that recruiting process that you know now?
4: The portfolio was really important. And that's really true of something like mechanical engineering, where it's all about what you can make and present. You can talk about what you've worked on in your three bullet points on your resume, only so much, but having a portfolio to actually show the work, include videos of your projects working and talk about you know the problem statement, the process, lessons learned, like it's sort of a cheat code to the whole job process because your resume is obviously very limiting a portfolio. You can add as much as you want on there. Um, And I'm sure that's true not only for engineering, but many, many other jobs, if not every job, having some other thing linked to your resume where you can really just go into way more detail about the work you've done can really make you stand out. Especially for companies that get tons and tons of applicants and you do need that little bit of like pizzazz or wow factor to make you stand out.
3: You know, it's been it's been a while since I was applying for internships, and I think the game has definitely changed. I think more students are doing internships, which is amazing and something I wish I had done when I was younger. But it also means that the internship process and application process is quite competitive. Um, And it is really important to put your best foot forward and take it seriously if it's something that you want to do. And a lot of that comes, you know, in the form of just preparation, right? You know that you have an interview coming up for a company or you're applying and they're asking you, why are you interested? You know, you should be really prepared to be able to talk about why you're interested in that company and why you're interested in that role specifically. Um, I think sometimes... Uh, I've I've spoken with students who are just like you know I just want to get some work experience and you know this seemed like a good opportunity which ultimately is not really a bad reason to apply or to get a job right that could be fine but in the current kind of internship market you really have to be able to express your interest in you know kind of what you're trying to learn and how you think this is going to help you get there so um, I think doing research both on the role and on the company and questions that you want to ask during an interview. I was always that person who they were like, do you have any questions? and I was like, no, I feel good, you know. And ultimately your questions are an opportunity to show that you've done your research, to show that you're really engaged and interested in the company. So, I, you know, when I was coaching students, I would say like really write it all down, have a sheet in front of you that you don't necessarily read from, but that you have to reference when you get nervous cuz I certainly got nervous when I was interviewing and still do. Um, So just know the things that you want to ask and know the things that you want to touch on in your interview. And I think that sort of, you know, a couple hours of prep the night before is going to go a really long way.
5: Yeah. And I just have a small comment on Kelsey's notes about kind of preparing for interviews. Something someone told me that I found very, very helpful in my interview process was have like five stories to fall back on. Like five big things that you want to, you know, projects you've done, things you're proud of, achievements, or just like experiences in the class that you, that really resonated with you that are relevant. And I think that helps with the nerves. Additionally, I think something that is always kind of conveyed as something that's important is networking. You know, we've all heard it. It's an important thing. It's not always what you know, it's who you know, but coming into corporate job and being on the other side of it it actually really does make a difference even if you've reached out to people on linkedin and had conversations with current employees or even just going to the career fair and really taking the time to ask a few thoughtful questions to the people at the booths and like engage with them and drop your resume with them at our company specifically and i believe it's kind of similar for other companies the people who are doing those engagements and making referrals, like either doing recruiting events or just referrals through LinkedIn connections, can ping the HR and say, hi, this person's really expressed interest. They've taken the initiative to reach out to me. We've had a conversation. They're interested in X for XYZ reason. Please give them a look. And it really does put your resume on the top of that pile that's being reviewed. It doesn't guarantee a job, obviously. You still have to go through the interview process yourself, but I think it really does go a long way to show your interest in a company, especially if there's one or two that you're really, really hoping for.
1: And that makes complete sense. Thank you guys so much for mentioning all those key points. This question is targeted towards Alex, which I appreciate mentioning portfolios. That's very important and in the art world as well. So could you elaborate more on iRobot's mechanical engineering intern program and what makes a successful internship experience?
4: Oh man, such a good question. Let me think. (laughs) Well, obviously, I liked it because I was an intern there and I'm to run the program now. I got a lot out of it when I was an intern. I think what makes it stand out is the sort of culture around the internship program at iRobot. There are so many people at iRobot who were former interns, not just mechanical engineering, but across the company, who then come back to work full time however many years down the line. Um, and I think a lot of people really are extremely generous with their time there, even as a full time employee. I have someone who sits right behind me at work and he's been in the industry for decades. And every time I have like a small question for him, it turns into like a 20, 30 minute impromptu lecture, which I'm very grateful for. And uh, that's me as a full time person who's had X number of years in the industry. Our interns get that right out of school or right in the middle of school. And I can, you can really see as the internship goes on, they're, proficiency exponentially increase their teams, trust in them increase. They get more tasks and they get more critical tasks. We give them a, um, every intern cycle, there's an intern challenge where we sort of group all the interns together to design a robot that can accomplish a specific thing. So two cycles ago, we had Roomba soccer where they would have to modify Roombas to be able to play soccer against each other. Next week is the first ever Hungry Hungry Roomba match where we're dropping them both in ball pits and they need to pick up balls. So there's a lot of chances for them to work um, in interdisciplinary groups between mechanical software and electrical engineers and really flex their own creativity. Um, and we have a really great management program. The mechanicals, the software, the electrical all have uh, two or three people that are designated as like part of their job is to just manage that intern program, which is what I do. We have weekly check-ins with them. Um, we're sort of their first line of defense for any big questions they may have, as, especially as they settle in, but then later on, they just need general design guidance. So yeah, I think what makes our robot stand out is just it's, the internship program isn't just a thing that iRobot does. It's not just that the interns are grabbing coffee and doing admin tasks. Like they're doing real engineering work and every full-time employee at the company is invested in their progress and it's part of the company culture.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Our next question is for Liz. Being our kind of most recent graduate, I would love to hear kind of a little bit about what you were looking for in kind of a work environment. As you graduated, how you went about kind of like that job search process and what you would recommend students look for in a company.
5: I think to the point I made earlier, it's, you know, find a job or an area that you love and you don't have to work a day in your life. I think a lot goes into that, but also finding a community and culture that you love, I think really makes that easier. If you're excited every morning to get up and go to work, not just for the content of your work, because, you know, not everyone might not be excited every day to do the tasks, your day-to-day activities, knowing that, you know, you're going to go in office or you're going to be working hybridly with a team um, who's also excited about the work and really invests in the people and the development um, is really important. So for my company, what that meant when I was doing, I was going through the recruitment process was I really asked the people I was interviewing with at the end, when they give you that opportunity, like, I would just love to hear about your day-to-day um, and kind of what your life looks like. You know, are you, do you have lunch with your coworkers? Is that part of the culture? Is there kind of events that go on that allow you to form those relationships with your coworkers? So asking about, you know, day-to-days, asking about the culture at companies and kind of what has made the people you were interviewing with stay at those companies, I think was really very helpful for me to try to understand what kind of community I was going to be joining, I really wanted something that was highly, highly collaborative. So that's why it was important for me to understand project work was that like that. I wanted something where I could make friends at work and kind of continue those friendships not just in a work setting but outside and you know there's a lot of opportunities at Trinity for social gathering you know sponsored events and also like give back days like community give back days where we volunteer in the community and all those things were really important to me and very helpful um as I was going through the interview process to see shine through for some key companies that kind of made my shortlist at the end.
2: That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And then just moving on to Kelsey, you've been in the recruiting space, and we're really excited to hear kind of like your POV on that. So just from your time at Northeastern, what advice would you give to students who feel like they need to find a summer internship? And like, it's. I know a lot of stress is involved in it and kind of like that expectation that we have to do a summer internship. So how do you think they might navigate that?
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think first take a step back and, and think, why do you want to do a summer internship, right? Is it that you feel like you need to and everyone around you is doing it and your parents told you to do it? And you know so that's why, and, and if so, then it's either not the right thing for you to do at this point or you should probably dig a little deeper and and figure out what it is that you're hoping to get out of the experience right so i think that is important when i was in school people did internships but most of us didn't i worked at the admissions office in my summers right and i gained valuable work experience from just working um, in in a different type of environment so do I wish I had more internship experience? Sure, but like there's a lot of different ways that you can get to the same end goal. So I think that's my first thing. I think the second is if you've decided that it's certainly something that you wanna do to start early during the school year, right? Like start researching companies, start looking at programs, start you know thinking about what you wanna do and where you wanna be. Um, You know, when I was counseling students, a lot of the conversations would be around something that Liz mentioned, which is like, what is the environment that's going to really suit you and that you really want to learn about, right? So smaller companies like HomeTap and lots of other companies, we don't have a huge structured program. We're not taking applicants you know, eight months in advance for roles that we know are going to exist and turnover, right? iRobot probably has something similar um, or something kind of more like that. So if you want to be at a big company, if you want to be at a bank, if you want to be at Meta, if you want, you know, if you want to be at some of these huge companies, like you have to plan really far in advance and do your application, and it's a very structured process. And if you want to be at a smaller company, then then you can do that a little bit more last minute. But again, you want to be thinking about those things early so that you're not caught off guard and feeling like you missed opportunities. Um, so I think that's really important. If you've already done an internship, then thinking about like, do I want to do something that's in the same space for my next one? Or do I want to branch out and get experience in a totally different type of environment? So that when I'm going to look for full time, I'm able to compare some things and think about like what culture works best for me, what pace of work works best for me. So there's so many questions that you can ask yourself. Um, But I think early on and, you know, when school is still happening and maybe at the start of the school year, like start doing your research. It's that networking. It's talking to maybe upperclassmen who you know, who have done internships and asking them what they liked or what they wish they had asked, right? So all of that kind of early research is going
1: to is gonna go a long way. And I'm sure I could talk about this for like an hour, but that, I think I'll, I'll stop there. Definitely. That makes complete sense again. And speaking from personal experience, Alex, how did you navigate your internship recruiting process at Tufts? Um, feel free to mention the portfolio process as well. And how did you turn your internship at iRobot into a full time role?
4: That is a saga. So, I it was, it was May 2019. I was about to graduate, still didn't have a full time job lined up, unlike many of my friends. And that was a source of anxiety, um, which, as a PSA to everybody out there, everybody's running their own race. Don't let other people's benchmarks in the job process determine how you feel about yourself I had just started talking with a recruiter who was setting me up with like a very intro level CAD drafting position so a computer-aided design a lot of like drawing things on the computer screen printing them out for like official engineering documents and the company was like cool but it wasn't exactly the work I wanted to be doing it wasn't exactly the company culture that I was looking for but I was like this is my one lead for a full-time job right now I really wanted to work in robotics I done a lot of robotics projects in my time at Tufts and this was kind of adjacent to that, any work experience early on is a good work experience. So I was doing a lot of convincing myself that this would be a fine enough fit for a first job out of college. So it got to the point where I had three interviews with that company and the recruiter kept being like, yeah, they're just finalizing the paperwork. They'll get back to you as soon as everything's straightened out and there's something for design. And in that period of time, I applied for an iRobot internship just on a whim um, that would start after I graduated because iRobot was sort of my dream company. I love the work they do. Um, They have a whole STEM outreach program and I love engineering education and volunteering for that kind of work. And I know that I would learn a lot from doing it um, because I hadn't had an internship up until that point. I had a lot of research projects, but no real industry experience. So it would have been a great way to learn how to navigate an office in that role out out of work. And over the course of that week, I submitted an application. They brought me in for an interview and then offered me the spot for the co-op. And I still hadn't heard back from the other company. Um, And I talked about it with a bunch of my friends and my parents. Everybody was basically like, you're young enough to not need a full-time... You're young and you're fortunate enough to not need a full-time job yet. And this is your dream job. if it's only temporary, you might as well go and take advantage of it. So I interned at iRobot from like... August 2019, right until May 2020, I ended up extending my co-op cycle, so I was there for like eight months. Definitely the right move. I learned so much in that time and made some great connections. Got to see iRobot transition to uh, pandemic life, which was very, very interesting. And then when the pandemic ended, um, I hadn't gotten a full-time job yet because, you know, every company was sort of tightening their string purses. I was like, okay, let me move on work elsewhere i worked elsewhere for a couple years and then in like march of 2022 my old manager reached out to me and was like hey we're hiring a bunch of like associate and staff level engineers right now i remember you were great in your internship are you looking for a job right now and i was like no but i could be can you send me the information (laughs) to liz's point networking like i got my first full-time job after the internship by cold messaging the recruiters who had messaged me and i hadn't responded back to them just to be like hi i don't have a job and it's a pandemic somebody please hire me and coming back to irobot was because my old manager found my profile remembered me and offered me um an interview um and uh, then i came back full-time in june 2022 and it's been a great year and a half being back at the company if there's any lesson to be taken from that it's just go with where you think you'll learn the most and whatever you think. Um, if if you have a dream job still, keep pursuing it.
0: Thank you so much for that, Alex, especially kind of thinking about how we're all on our own timeline. Even if you don't have an internship during the summer, during undergrad, you can do a lot of internships after you graduate, still network and set you up for that dream job. So really appreciate hearing that answer. Awesome. I think we'll do probably one more question each. For Liz, since you're kind of in consulting, I think something we talk a lot about um, our case interviews. It's kind of pretty unique to consulting, and I'm wondering if you have any resources or tips on how students can prepare for those interviews.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Casing is a little bit of a daunting task when you're going into the interview process. I know it's done for consulting and some other sectors, but definitely the prep is so, so important. Um, I know there's a famous consulting book that you can read and a lot of people do read if they're kind of dabbling and going into consulting or, you know, flirting with the idea of it. But I think that's a pretty difficult Sometimes it seems intimidating to kind of, you know, pick up a book and teach yourself how to case. So my recommendation is go to the events that are hosted at Tufts or search for things online. There are kind of consulting um, sessions that will teach you how to approach a case and what they're really looking for. And I think those are really helpful as a first step to see if that's something you're interested in. I think, you know, some of the case in point, that's the book case in point has like very broad general questions, like how many parking tickets are given out in Boston every year, which are like kind of nebulous and hard to understand and kind of approach. But I think really what the whole casing process is trying to get you to do is Critically think about a problem. So, you know, no matter how much you prep, it's going to, you know, you're going to have to spruce up your quantitative thinking skills and your ability to kind of do math quickly on the side. I think that's consistent across all case interviews. But really, in addition to, you know, if you're going to life science consulting, look up life science cases. That's really important um, because it's different across every kind of sector and division. But really understanding and knowing that. Whatever prep you do, when it comes comes time to do that case, you just need to take a deep breath and really recognize that the point of it is just to test how you think. And there is, yeah, there is like a right answer, but really it's okay if you are a little bit off as long as you talk through your thinking process and your rationalization and kind of bring that interviewer along with you throughout the case on kind of, what you're considering and you're brainstorming and how you're approaching the problem because that's the most important part that they're kind of gauging your eligibility
2: beyond thank you so much I think just like debunking that case process is super important for students so thank you so much for those tips and then finally for Kelsey so your role as a recruiter has kind of evolved to kind of being the director of recruiting now in your current role. So at a high level, if in any way, do you think the recruiting space has evolved over the past few years? And if so, how? And then if you do like want to comment on the rise of AI and maybe how it might play a role in the future of recruiting, that would be great. But again, yeah, just... High level.
3: Yeah, of course. So I started my career right after I graduated in 2011. And I was working at a small consulting firm that works with nonprofits and they do executive recruiting. So they search for directors of development and major gift officers and things like that. So I had this kind of unique experience where I got to. Do both internal recruiting. So, I was hiring interns and junior level folks for our company, um, but I was also working on searches for these kind of large nonprofit clients like hospitals and universities and stuff. So, I was able to see what that process was like. And let me tell you, it was in a lot of ways, well, a lot of ways it was the same as what we do now, right? In terms of kind of general process. But it was, I mean, we were getting, we were paper resumes and things were being emailed to us, right? So I think from like an operational perspective, things are very different, right? Today, we're um, all using kind of large applicant tracking systems where you're submitting your resume and it's kind of going into this huge bucket. And I think to your question about AI, right, I think a lot of companies, especially large companies, are using AI to screen their resumes, right, to look at a resume and determine if it's a good fit or not a fit. Um, And that's really intimidating, right, as especially as a student who's applying for maybe your first internship to say, I don't even know if a human being is going to look at my resume. at HomeTap, we... We don't use AI to screen our resumes. We look at every single one, but I can see how you get there, right? We have a job, we post it, we get 700 resumes and to go through that takes a ton of man hours, right? So I can see how as you get bigger, that becomes more important to the recruiting process. What I'll say as advice around that is I don't think that people should hugely change their approach because AI might be on the other side of it. Right. I think a really strong resume is a strong resume, whether a robot's looking at it or a human's looking at it. Um, however, advice I will give, I don't need to ask for advice, but I'm gonna give it anyway, um, is you know, I think resumes that are simple, right, that do not have tons of pictures and fonts and lots of um, interesting and beautiful design, those do worse, right, against AI. Um, And they actually do worse against human beings because we're we're looking at so many things. Anything that stands out too much actually doesn't stand out in a good way. Um, So I will give that advice to folks. And I also think, you know, I've seen people try to like cram their resume full of keywords, right? And you can can try and work keywords in. And I think matching your... um, matching your resume to what is in the job description is meaningful and important and is also a good exercise if you actually end up interviewing for the job, but to wholesale, you know, over, like overhaul your resume to just match keywords, you know, a human being is going to look at your resume at some point and it's going to talk to you. So it has to be authentic. Um, And I think the, the more that you can do that, the better. So do I know what the future of AI is? No. Do I get, you know, emails from AI sourcing, from AI, uh, you know, there's, it's. they're trying it out in everything. Um, And it'll be really interesting to see like overall what sticks. And I know I've talked forever, but what I will say is recruiting is a human process. There people will use technology to help them get over certain hurdles, but ultimately like you have to be able to communicate with human beings. And I don't believe that there is a way to successfully have a recruiting program at a company that is not led and driven by thoughtful human beings. So talk to me in 20 years and maybe I'll be (laughs) kicking myself. But um, I think that's, I think it's really important to remember that. And that's really at the heart of what we're doing in recruiting is making matches and learning about people and and finding where there's a good fit. And AI can help us, but it's not going to do the whole job.
1: Oh, that was so helpful. As And thank you for hitting on resume formatting. That's definitely something that comes up um, a lot as students or me personally hearing all your thoughts definitely help with my personal stresses regarding internship searches. Um, is there anything we haven't touched on that you all want to add about recruiting, internships, or general career advice?
3: I will say, you were talking about working on your resume, and I remember sitting in my dorm room, 2011, with my, I guess it wasn't a dorm room, it was a house, but with my roommates, and we were all working on our resumes, and we had no idea what to do. We didn't know what they should look like, we didn't know what should be on them, and not a single one of us ever stepped foot in career services, because it just seemed intimidating, it seemed like, we, we just didn't know what we didn't know. Right. So I would say like anyone listening to this podcast, like you are already 12 steps ahead of where I was, right? You're thinking about it, you're trying to learn, you're listening, and most likely you're engaging in all the resources that are available. Liz mentioned, like, going to events on campus and learning, just learning from people, right? I think as students, again, we don't know what we don't know, Um, and that's true at all levels, but, like, I didn't even know what careers existed to me or, like, what my opportunities were even remotely when I was in college, and I think students now do more, but I think, yeah, get out there, get involved. You know, people at companies love to see folks who are involved and really, like, really passionate about what they do whether that's stuff that you do on campus um, or internship like it's okay you know but whatever you do like do it passionately and be able to articulate that I think it it really does come across and and companies love people who um, are not just motivated to have a great job and you know progress in their careers but like are going to be great employees and good people Um, so remember to like value that side of what you've been doing in addition to like the academics and all the other stuff but like it's the whole package that is going to get you into the, in, you know, into that, that dream job, or just into that job that might get you one step closer to your dream job, right? And so everything's kind of, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, um, you know, you have to take it one step at a time.
4: I would say, and this is sort of consolidating things, Liz and Kelsey have both said, but um, you don't know what you don't know, and a good internship program will know that you don't know um, as much as someone who's been in industry for a few years. So if you're given a question in an interview, or otherwise, can comm- uh, up against something that you don't know the answer for or how you would tackle it, you can say, "I don't know what I would do to find the answer is X, Y, or Z," or uh, based on my current understanding of you know other things related to the field, I would do X, Y, and Z. Talking out your thought process shows that if you hit a brick wall, you're not just going to sit there and wait for someone to give you the answer. It's going to show that you have that initiative and that growth mindset to excel in any internship program or any company. And uh, one other quick thing is there's, I only say this because it's happened to me like twice in the last year, there is no bigger like recruiting internship turnoff than reading like a whole cover letter or somebody reaches out to you on LinkedIn and they say, I'm really excited about the opportunity to work at. And it's like any other company than the one you work at. Like if you're going to use those co- uh, copy paste cover letters or networking messages, which everybody does, I've used them. You gotta, you gotta read them through before you hit send. Cause there's nothing that's going to make me like laugh to myself and then close out of your profile. Then if you use the wrong company name.
5: I've had that happen to Alex once. and <laughs> I had a similar reaction, but I think to everyone's point, like be a person I know that's kind of hard to sometimes make into actuality, but I think it wraps up into, if you're in that interview process, my younger sister actually is currently in the interview process. So I definitely understand, and it's kind of making me relive my stressful period. Don't be discouraged by rejection. I think something to know if internships or full-time job positions, whatever you're applying for, There's so many opportunities out there, and sometimes it feels daunting to both, you know, pick which opportunity you're gonna go for and then write that cover letter and apply. But definitely be sure to cast a wide net and let your personality shine through, kind of to the point of networking. If you can set up even a 10 to 15 minute call with someone who you do connect with on LinkedIn and show who you are and why you're interested and that you're someone who you know, would be a fun person to have an office and a great addition to a team that really goes such a long way in boosting your application and your attractiveness for a company. So don't be scared of failing and don't lose who you are because that's also what is going to really help you get that job and, you know, be part of a team where you're loved and appreciated as much as you should be.
0: Thank you so much. Those were some fantastic final thoughts and also just reiterating again we really appreciate you all for joining us we're so grateful that we got to speak with you we think this episode is definitely going to be of interest to a bunch of different students who are navigating the internship and job search processes so really really appreciate it thank you so much for joining us today